0: In a relationship with someone, and you feel resentment climbing up on you, that's an indication of one of two things. You're either immature and unwilling to make the sacrifices necessary for the relationship or to negotiate fairly within the relationship. And then you should mature out of that as fast as you possibly can. And maybe you can do that through dialogue with your partner. Or the resentment might mean that you are, in fact, being taken advantage of and that you have something to say. so don't let if resentment pops up find out whether you're immature or being oppressed and if it's the latter then you have something to say to enter into a negotiation and the negotiation should be that you both get something better than either of you would have had if you were separate
1: ladies and gentlemen the voice of reason has returned to kbla talk 1580 live from the heart of leimert park very interesting topic for tonight. Oh, man, this is a doozy. You know, I love it when people send me topics. And uh, this is one of those topics that uh, gets the the proverbial juices flowing. Uh, that clip was, of course, the incomparable Jordan Peterson. Uh, very heavy topic. I want you guys to join me in this uh, non-judgmental space, meaning Everybody can say what they need to say, express how they need to express, share what they need to share, as long as it's on topic and there's no profanity. Tonight's topic is called Irreconcilable. What relationship challenges can you live with? In other words, what flaws in your partner? What limitations? within your partner, can you live with? Because at some point, you're going to run aground uh, You know, with some aspect of their character that will be irreconcilable, some aspect of their personality, some belief system, some limiting belief system that they may have that cannot be reconciled. Many times we believe coming into an intimate relationship that it's going to be all good, it's going to be all roses, it's, it's going to be great, and we're going to be able to reconcile differences. But uh, just like in the study of conflict, what was known as conflict resolution, they had to change the name because they understood that conflict is perpetual. Right. So it's no longer conflict resolution it's conflict management conflict within intimate relationships is a lot like rev- rev- revolving debt you can pay down some of it but uh, most of the time you can't pay down all of it not saying it's impossible but improbable irreconcilable what listen to what i'm saying what relationship challenges can you live with? Not what you can't live with. It's easy to construct a script of what we can't tolerate or what we won't tolerate. But now my question becomes when you're dealing With a work in progress, i.e. a human being, somebody that's always got something going on internally, someone that always has shortcoming. Oh, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Yes, those kind of people, which is everybody. Right. What can you live with? Right. A deeper look into what you may dislike about your partner, but have to put up with interesting topic right a deeper look into what you may dislike about your significant other but may have to just put up with huh do you only put up slash deal with the mess of folks that have intrinsic value to you They're valuable to me. So this is something I can deal with. This is something I have to tolerate. What is that something? 1-800-920-1580. I want to know. What are you willing to put up with? And this is the word they use nowadays. For your person. Right? That's subjective too. (laughs) Your person. How do you determine the intrinsic value of a person in relationships? Can you provide examples of relationship challenges that you consider to be irreconcilable, yet still choose to tolerate? That's that's a very nuanced question. Can you provide examples? Because this is going to let me know if you are mature. Right. As Jordan Peterson outlined. Can you provide examples of relationship difficulties and challenges that you consider to be irreconcilable? We ain't going to be able to fix that. But yet you still choose to be with this person, to tolerate those challenges. What factors contribute to your willingness to tolerate certain aspects of your partner that you may dislike? I want to hear from couples tonight. I want to hear from singles tonight, right? What aspect of your partner that you're like, you know what? Oh, gosh, I'm going to have to tolerate this aspect. And I want to see how deep or how shallow, right, (laughs) your willingness goes. How do you strike a balance between accepting your partner's flaws and maintaining your own personal boundaries and well-being? Can you share any personal experiences where you had to make the decision to tolerate a challenging aspect of your partner? How did you navigate through it? Is there a limit to what you can tolerate in a relationship? If so, how do you determine that limit? How do you communicate your feelings and concerns about the aspects Of your partner. That you find challenging. How do you find a resolution. And or compromise. Listen to what I'm saying. Everybody is broken. To some degree. Everybody has something to work on. Everybody got issues. But I want to know. What level. What value. What intrinsic value. Would keep you there. 1-80-9-2015. One 15,80, When I come forward, I'm going to the phone lines. I want to talk to y'all.
2: Accept your differences. You and your spouse are different. We can judge them, judge them as weaknesses, get frustrated by them, or we can accept and value them as strengths, and look for ways to celebrate our differences. You need to accept the fact that you're different. Whoever you marry you get a set of irreconcilable differences. Too many couples spending energy trying to resolve them when they're never gonna be resolved. You may need to accept them. Now, I'm not talking about toxic or damaging patterns or behaviors. I'm talking about the fact that we're different. We process different speeds. We like different things. We're wired different. We have different temperaments. You're not going to resolve those. You need to learn to accept those differences. When you do, You can look at them in a whole new light. You can value them. You can celebrate them. Man, determining the intrinsic
1: value of a person in a relationship is a subjective process. It involves recognizing and and appreciating the qualities, characteristics, and contributions that make the person valuable to you. When a person can't stick it out with you and your flaws, What does that say about them? Jordan Peterson speaks of a certain level of maturity because at a certain level, you recognize I'm not with Mr. Perfect or Mrs. Perfect. At a certain level of maturity, you recognize I am dealing with a complex being that has highs and lows and shortcomings. I'm asking you. What shortcomings can you tolerate, right, in your partner, right? This intrinsic value can be based on emotional connections, shared values, mutual respect, and the potential for growth and fulfillment that the relationship might be able to bring to you. Examples of relationship challenges that may be considered intolerable oh man, but still tolerated can vary greatly depending on the individual circumstances. Some common examples include differences in communication styles, varying levels of cleanliness or organization, right? Incompatible hobbies or interests, or even fundamental differences in values or beliefs. Tolerating these challenges often requires a willingness to compromise, adapt, and find common ground. Can you find common ground in a cheater? Somebody who, not, excuse me, not a cheater. Let me make the distinction. Someone who cheated on you. If they only cheated on you once, is cheating on you once enough? To devalue the person and the relationship and bounce? Or is that something? Listen to what I'm saying. Or is that act? If you value this person and you love this person and they mean something to you and you know they're irreplaceable, ask yourself, is one act of cheating enough for you to say, never mind? I want to know what you can deal with. What is your tolerance level? Several factors contribute to one's willingness to tolerate certain aspects of their partner. These factors may include the overall quality of the relationship, the level of commitment and investment, the presence of positive attitudes that outweigh the challenges, and the belief in the potential growth and change for the relationship. Very interesting stuff we're cooking with tonight. I want to know what y'all think. We got callers on the line. I can't see your name. I think Sean is on one. Sean, Oakland, California, get in here. (laughs) Well, brother, this is a very complicated one, but
3: let me just say it this way. Um, And I I don't know how this is going to come out, but, um, you know, when you're first meeting with someone, talking about a relationship, someone you want to, you know, get to know better and all that kind of stuff before you get to the engagement and the marriage and all that, okay? At the very beginning, all right? Lots of questions need to happen. Lots of figuring each other out, uh figuring each other out has to happen, okay? Because I heard this one thing, though Uh, You know, it was probably like 15 years ago or so, and it was a sad situation. A couple was getting divorced, but I was in the, you know, the meeting. It was a family thing and all that. And they were talking about all this, and they were saying, you know, it's all over. We're not going to deal with this. And and my uncle, (laughs) my uncle came out with the most amazing thing. He said, well, you picked him. You picked him. So what I'm trying to say here is that not a, not a dog, the dogging thing, like, you know, yo mama thing. But what I'm saying is at the very beginning, you'll see signs. You will see signs of people they can't get through these difficult struggles with you. They can't get through all these things. So it's really not all those other things, like you don't like the way they do their hair. They, you don't like the way they keep the house clean. No, no, no. It's it's bigger things, you know, when the, you know, what hits the fan, are they going to be down with you? Are they going to be able to get through it with you? You know, that's really what it's all about because we all going to have crisis, different situations. We're all going to have crisis. Did you pick the person that's going to be able to get through any crisis with you?
1: Wow. How do you pick the person? that's going to be able to get through well, any crisis with you, Sean, that's, that's maybe not, well,
3: maybe not, maybe you're not going to be able to do that, but that's what I think the very basic of the foundation should be. You know, if I'm looking at my kids and stuff, just make sure, you know, whoever you're going to, you know, want to be with, because I can't make that decision, um, you know, uh, but they, they're going to be able to handle any challenge that comes before you, at least communicate with you the best way they can to, you know, you know you can work with this person in the most difficult situations. I think that's a better way to say it. Be able to pick someone that can work through the most difficult situation you can ever imagine in your mind, you know, and even if they don't do that, you know, hey, that's life. But you're going to have a crisis. You're going to have some difficulty In your life, you're going to have something that's very hard to deal with. And so if you're going to be with someone else and you're a team, then you got to be able to work through it. And it's going to be messy. It's going to be difficult through, through the process. But you want that person that's going to hang with you through the process and work to the end. And hopefully at the end, because there's no guarantees at the end, you're going to make it through together
1: man sean guess what you just did brother oakland's
3: always in the
1: house oak town bay area town business listen i want to hear from y'all get to your phone lines 1-800-920-1580 pick me brief from los angeles get in here what's
4: up though
1: how you doing i'm alive and well what are your thoughts
4: Yeah, okay. Let me first start off with a little bit of what the brother was talking about. I completely agree with everything. More so than picking the right person, though, I think it's equally important to build the right foundation. We're just doing all these quickie relationships, getting to the sex quick, getting to, you know, uh, vacations quick, getting to just rushing through the process to where we're not actually building a foundation to the point where a person would Stay with you during those hard times. Now, to the topic, I personally can tolerate a lot if I really, really like the person. I've tolerated cheating if I can understand it. But a lot of the things that I've struggled as far as what I tolerate is things that question and conflict with my comfortability. Hmm. Um, Some of those being examples of the person that I'm with now, I had to overcome the fact that, hey, I can't just come and go as I please like I'm used to. I actually have to be held accountable when I leave the house. I actually have to communicate a certain way. Um, I have to do things a certain way because I'm in his home. Those things that question my comfortability
1: were those main things that I struggled with. That's heavy. That's deep. That's deep. And and let me just ask, the fact that you have to adjust and adapt and change to fit kind of what he's talking about. Do you think that is eroding the relationship, at least on your end? Oh, eroding. <laughs> Can you give me a simpler word? Breaking it down, wearing it down. Oh. Like, do you think you'll be able to handle this from this point on?
4: Now, honestly, in the beginning, no, I was fighting it. But luckily, I had someone who cared about me enough to stick it out with me. Once I got to the point as a woman to where I was like, okay, I trust this man. He's not telling me these things because he's trying to control me or upset me, but he's doing it because he has my best interest at heart. Once I actually put that trust in him to guide me, then it actually began to enhance the relationship. And I began to see, oh, things could be a lot easier. I'm actually working too hard. You know, I'm working against myself.
1: So there are women out there who actually trust their men to be able to guide them still?
4: We rare, but we out here. That's like a dinosaur
1: almost.
4: (laughs) It is, but I mean, honestly... It's not talked about enough. There's a there's amazing men out here. It's just we're we're just nitpicking every little thing. Oh he took me here for my first day. Oh he wears this, oh he don't live here, oh he don't drive that. It's like we just we're so just caught up in this vision of what we think our relationship's supposed to look like we're not even really getting to know people for real we're not trying to like people when we meet people we're looking to disqualify them instead of actually to qualify them it's just crazy
1: man guess what you just did pick me brie
4: bra la (laughs) lazy
1: in the heat if you want to bring your building, your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. I want to hear from you. Let's get it!
5: The decision whether one should stay or leave is one of the most consequential and painful any of us ever has to make. On any given day, many millions of people worldwide will be secretly turning the issue over in their minds as they go about their daily lives, their partners beside them possibly having little clue as to the momentous decision weighing upon them. The choice is perhaps more common now than it ever was. We expect to be deeply happy in love, and therefore spend a good deal of time wondering whether our relationships are essentially normal in their sexual and psychological frustrations, or are beset by unusually pathological patterns which should impel us to get out as soon as we can. What films or novels we've been exposed to, the state of our friends' relationships, the degree of noise surrounding new, sexually driven dating apps, not to mention how much sleep we've had, can all play humblingly large roles in influencing us, one way or another. Awkwardly, it seems that no one else actually really minds what we end up doing, which gives the decision a degree of existential loneliness it might not always have possessed. Historically, the choice was, in a sense, a good deal easier because there were simply so many stern external sanctions around not leaving. Religions would insist that God blessed unions and would be furious at their being torn asunder. Society strongly disapproved of breakups and cast separating parties into decades of ignominy and shame. And psychologists would explain that children would be deeply and permanently scarred by any termination in their parents' relationship. But one by one, these objections to quitting have fallen away. Religions no longer terrify us into staying. Society doesn't care. And psychologists now routinely tell us that children would prefer a broken family to an unhappy one. The burden. Wow. (laughs) So we
1: went from a time where God didn't like the breakup to a time where now children prefer a broken family. Now, let me just say this. Whenever we get these newfangled ideas, right, in our minds about relationship, you know what happens? We tend to misinterpret the depth of what these new ideas actually mean and can uh, imply, right? So yes, nowadays, people are empowered by breaking up. The person who breaks up feels the best because they're in a position of power, right? They get to leave, you're the one pining after them, right? Again, you break up if your life is in danger. You break up if, uh, uh, some people would say, if you're unhappy. Well, if you haven't mastered the inside happiness job, Should you blame that breakup on the person you broke up with? See, I believe. And maybe you agree or disagree, but I believe relationships are designed to go through hell. And when you find the right person, the flames of that hell transform the people in the relationship. It actually makes them better if they can survive the the spirit burns, as I call it. Every time you sit down and you talk to an old couple that have been together for decades, they tell you, I didn't always like uh, Rufus. I didn't always like Betsy Jean either. But we found a way. What, What was the way? And you start to hear sage wisdom. And I'm not talking about your grandparents. I'm I'm talking about some older relationships. I'm not talking about living in a situation where your grandmama was abused by your grandfather, mister. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about couples who found a way to heal their internal issues and their flaws. Were, Were they the living embodiment of tonight's topic? irreconcilable what relationship challenges can you live with a deeper look into what you may dislike or disapprove or disagree or downright hate about your partner but have to put up with this is an interesting topic right can you share any insights on the role of love and commitment in tolerating aspects of your partner that may be difficult for you. I, listen, y'all know me, Andy. Do I believe that love can conquer everything, Andy? Do I believe that love can heal every situation, Andy? Do I believe that? I'd like to think that you do. That, I, that's what I believe. But do you know what? I'm starting to change my belief. And only slightly. Everybody gets to a point in a relationship, if it lasts long enough to where they say they're professing love. Everybody believes they're in love. But if you can't keep going, if you can't live with the human Right. The humanity of a person. Now the question becomes, do you, did you really love them? You've all heard me say love is a high level of consciousness. Love is not a verb. Love is synonymous with God. And I believe when you achieve that level of self-realization, then the, the humanity of your partner can be overcome. But down at the lower levels of consciousness, I just got tired. I just didn't think I could. You know what? I was exhausted. Is exhaustion stronger than unconditional love? Listen to that question. Can you share any insights on the role of love and commitment in tolerating aspects of your partner that may be difficult? How do you maintain a sense of hope and optimism for the future of your relationship despite your partner's challenging aspects? These are real deal questions. And many people don't ask these questions. They just relate until it breaks. 1-800-920-1580. We got Attala from Houston, Texas. Attala, get in here. Atala,
6: Uncle Joe, my bad. Okay, I don't know why my <laughs> my volume button wouldn't go off. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm, uh, oh, I'm all right. How... Uh, What are your thoughts on tonight's topic?
6: All right, I'd take a couple of notes because, you know, I'd be forgetting my thoughts. All right, so I got a couple of things. Um, The relationship challenges, right? I would even lump that into non-negotiables. And I believe that we base those off of, like, the first 90 days prior to shadow reveals, right? Uh, Second thing, I think that we have to transform our perspectives when it comes to separations and breakups, right? Um, To me, that doesn't always mean an ending. It's more so of if you have a mindset of growth, that is your time to get your things together, Mm -hmm. to really think about what it is that you need to transform in your own personal life, Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of regroup and take that back to Mm -hmm. your partner. Um, But as far as, you know, again, like I said, when it comes to the relationship challenges that we face, I still feel like that's based, we base how we want to deal with challenges and what it is that we choose to put up with based on what we thought we were going to get versus what we actually got.
1: Wait, stop. (laughs) Hold on. Andy, real quick, do you have that clip from the beginning of the show? Our guy, Jordan Peterson. Because, whoa, I don't know if y'all heard what Atala just said but come on now that's just if when you get it please play it play it right now
2: you need to accept your differences you and your spouse are different you can judge them judge them as weaknesses get frustrated by them or we can accept and value them as strengths and look for ways to celebrate our differences you need to accept the fact that you're different whoever you marry you get a set of irreconcilable differences. Too many couples spending energy trying to resolve them when they're never gonna be resolved. You may need to accept them. Now I'm not talking about toxic or damaging patterns or behaviors. I'm talking about the fact that we're different. We process different speeds. We like different things. We're wired different. We have different temperaments. You're not going to resolve those. You need to learn to accept those differences. When you do, You can look at them in a whole new light. You can value them. You can celebrate them.
1: Now, I'll take that clip. That's not Jordan Peterson. But I'll take that clip. But again, he reinforces the point. In order, right, to be able to say, you know what, my partner is a human being. Acceptance is a big piece. But if you got that
0: clip, i'm ready for it jordan peterson in a relationship with someone and you feel resentment climbing up on you that's an indication of one of two things you're either immature and unwilling to make the sacrifices necessary for the relationship or to negotiate fairly within the relationship and then you should mature out of that as fast as you possibly can and maybe you can do that through dialogue with your partner or the resentment might mean that you are in fact being taken advantage of and that you have something to say So don't let, if resentment pops up, find out whether you're immature or being oppressed. And if it's the latter, then you have something to say to enter into a negotiation. Let me ask you a question,
1: ladies and gentlemen, and (laughs) Atala: if your person cheated on you and lied about it because they were scared they would lose you, are you being oppressed?
6: Mm, No.
1: I want to dig into this because so many people, pick me brief, infidelity. Everybody's saying infidelity is the one thing I can't tolerate. What if your partner cheated on you? They really love you. They changed their whole life. They reorganized their whole (laughs) life to show you improved behavior, a change of heart and mind, right? And you still can't tolerate Mm -hmm. them. Talk to me about this.
6: No, I feel like there's much worse things that can happen than cheating. <laughs> like, cheating is not the end-all, be-all for me, personally. Wait, say it again. Um, and Cheating is not an end-all, be-all for me, Well, personally. that's for you.
1: For some people. Personally, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. For yeah, many people, For some yeah. people,
6: I, I think it's more of an ego thing, you know, ego, but then there's also kind of that idea of the trust. And to me, you know, instead of, it depends on what you want to focus on. What is your perspective? Is your perspective on... The violation or is your perspective on what needs to be done going forward what that's the question
1: what you are just you have have focused to make it on Long stay, Long. stay
6: with Long. me Atala. when we
1: come forward more from houston texas yeah, I'm ladies and gentlemen the voice of reason back in the building we got differences irreconcilable what relationship challenges in your partner, right? Dysfunction. What relationship dysfunction? What relationship issues within your partner can you actually live with? one 800 let us get Atala back in here. Atala, finish it up. Give us your final thought.
6: Focus up. Okay, so like I was saying, I'm more of a solutions-focused person once i've decided that yes i want to stay in this connection um however i understand that when it comes to infidelities and things like that you know people have a right to make whatever choices that they want to make Mm -hmm. but i would advise that when you found a as you say irreplaceable connection you first have to be able to identify that Some people can't even identify the irreplaceable things within themselves, the Mm. things that make them them, that are unique. So how could they identify it within you? Mm. They're blind to that. So first you'd have to do that to understand that this is a soulmate, whatever, however you want to call it, right? Um, And then once you've done that, then you have to decide, okay, so I might have to put my pride to the side and my ego to the side for this situation to understand where they're coming from and understand, what it is that we need to do going forward, but you know, to me, it's just a matter of choices, mm. and um, I'm always going to err on the side of on the side of caution. You know, I'm okay with honestly with getting my heart broke. I don't think that that's the worst thing in the world. I just don't, but that's me. So
7: I don't
1: know. <laughs> right, that's that's you know, definitely you it. now. That hey, hold on, that's definitely that's you. <laughs> Atala, guess what you just did.
6: I brought
1: Houston in the building. Houston, H-Town, in the building. If you want to bring your city, you know the drill. Hey, Cassandra, out of Wisconsin, get up in here. Cassandra, you there? Cassandra. What up? Talk to me, Cassandra. What are your thoughts on tonight's topic? So,
8: um, for tonight... I understand that in most cases, what i observed, what I observed is a lot of people go into relationships, looking at relationships the wrong way. And I think that's the start of the issue. Relationship to me, and what I think best way to look at relationship as an experience. You go into the relationship, not as a judgment, you're not a judge, but you're experiencing this person to see if we are relatable, so we could get on this ship and journey life together. And to go off what you were saying about if a person cheats, if a person lied to you, or whatever mistakes that they're making that may be a part of your non-negotiable, you got to go back to what is the purpose of this
6: relationship. Mm
8: -hmm. And if your relationship is building an empire, if your relationship is, I want to uh, uh, start a church with you. Whatever imagery you're using, it's got to go along with the relationship. And for the most case, when you brought up our grandparents, their purpose was to raise their children and leave them something. Mm. So those grandmothers weren't searching for something wrong. They weren't looking to see what his shirt smelled like. They just put it in the washer. And I think <laughs> our
1: society... Right. I hear you. I <laughs> so hear you. I,
8: In our society, it's more about the photograph and what we can um, induce people to love and like us. So if that's the case, now the ego is working. So a lot of relationships, like you said, you got so many children that are growing up in single-parent homes because people care about an image Mm. more than a purpose. Mm. And that's why we have so many single mothers and single fathers out there in poverty Mm. because they weren't focused the beginning they weren't trying to have a relationship and an experience they were trying to find someone they can judge Ooh. and just like a judge if you do something wrong here you're on probation i'm giving you life and that's what i see the issue especially for the black community we're not holding families together because of the ego
1: mm, mm, mm. cassandra got the same name as my big sister let me say this cassandra guess what you just did Do you know what you just did, Cassandra? A little bit, a little bit. Well, say it. You brought Wisconsin in the building. Listen, if you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call us at 1-800-920-1580. We got legend, legend on the line. Hold on. Ronan from indianapolis (laughs) oh lord listen ronan i don't even want to get you started right now because i'm gonna have to carry you forward but ronan hold tight ronan when we come forward we're gonna give y'all a treat because i know ronan got some quips he got something to say but i really want y'all to understand something man you going to have to tolerate something. Right? You going to have to deal with something that's coming from your partner. And tonight's question is probably a question you haven't heard before. What relationship issues that your partner brings to, to the table you can live with? A deeper look into what you may dislike about your partner but we'll have to put up with when we come forward. More from the VOR.
9: Imagine that you're looking for a stable partner. You might think, well, what do you want in a stable partner? And at least in principle, one of the things you don't want is too much mismatch between you and that person on the five fundamental dimensions. So for example, if you're really extroverted and you have a really introverted partner, you're going to engage in continual conflict about how much social activity the two of you should subject yourself to and it's very very difficult for people who broadly differ widely differ on those dimensions to come to consensus because it's not just a matter of opinion right it's really a matter of different if you're looking at extremes of really different types of people And the thing about introverts is they just don't enjoy large-scale social interaction that much. One-on-one, they're often fine. But in a group, they don't like that. And it it tires them out. Whereas a real extrovert, it's like you isolate them and, and they just wither on the vine. Because a huge part of what actually motivates them in a positive way is tangled up with social interaction. And so if you're an agreeable person and you have a particularly disagreeable partner, you're also going to run into problems. Because the agreeable person will say, whatever you want whenever, and the agreeable, disagreeable person will say, well, I'd like to know what the hell you want for a change, and be much more harsh and much more demanding in the situation. And the agreeable person is going to find the disagreeable person harsh and unpleasant. And the disagreeable person is going to find the agreeable person wishy-washy and unable to stand up for themselves. And again, that's that's actually one of the primary sources of tension between men and women, because women tend to be higher in agreeableness than men. It's about half a standard deviation, which is quite a large difference by psychological standards and so what that means fundamentally just so you have some sense of how large an effect that is is that if you have a group of men and women and you pick out random pairs the woman is going to be more agreeable than the man 60% of the time so that's not an overwhelming proportion but it's a reliable and it's quite it's quite large by psychological standards so there's the problem with agreeableness with conscientiousness if you're conscientious you're industrious and orderly and orderly people seem to be sensitive to disgust, which is something we'll talk about in detail later. We've had a hard time specifying exactly what makes industrious people industrious, because it's hard to come up with an animal model for that sort of thing, and there's no theoretical model. But our latest idea is that, it's not my idea, it's actually the idea of my graduate student, Christine Brophy, is that Industrious people find it unpleasant and unsettling to not be doing something. So it isn't so much that industriousness makes them happy or fills them with positive emotion. That would be more extroversion, right? Because extroversion is the positive emotion dimension. It's that industrious people can't stand sitting around doing nothing. And, you know, this is speculation. But the human beings are obviously always engaged in the exchange of labor, especially the reciprocal exchange of labor. And you can imagine that in a community...
1: Man, Dr. Peterson be cooking! The VOR, hour number two, live from KBLA Talk 1580. We're having a heavy conversation. Irreconcilable. It might be a synonym for exhausted. I'm tired. I don't want to do it no more. How do you prevent the challenging aspects of your partner from overshadowing the positive aspects of your relationship? We all got those issues. We all have those issues. But it comes down to value. Do you value your partner enough to work with them through their humanity? My brother is on the line. You already know from Indianapolis, Ronan. Get in here. What are your thoughts on tonight's topic?
10: Uh, It's a very important and necessary conversation we got to have. So I'm glad you made this topic show up.
1: Thank you, brother. Thank you.
10: Uh, Let's see. Well, uh, I'd say one thing we have to address is uh, evolution anxiety. Mm. And what I mean by that is like um, when we get into these relationships, uh, most people have to check their agenda because sometimes we can share our bodies in bed, but we become xenophobic in the areas we need to fix. Mm. So it's just like, it's kind of like starting a new board from scratch. And when you have a relationship, you have a relationship with that person's trauma, their faults and failures. But the thing is, we tend to ignore that. That is kind of a mirror. Of what we had to address on our own too. Hmm. Can you uh, offer that level of empathy for that person's growth? Um, can you help them reset their emotional algorithm? <laughs> we they have to learn how to reach out and communicate in a proper fashion. Some people aren't um, used to having that level of uh, expression. Mm-hmm. They're used to being micromanaged and then some people can't have that level of freedom or responsibility of what they say or do. Mm-hmm. So, those are the things that we had to do, but not just for the uh, other partner but for ourselves, because sometimes we use that person as a a mask or have relationships in third person wonder why we're still messed up
1: having relationships in third person, I don't know if you guys are listening to the lingo that my brother is <laughs> laying down, but it's a cold piece of work, man. The emotional <laughs> algorithm I hear you, brother, I hear you. <laughs> so let me ask okay what character flaw have you had to deal with right in your partner where you mm-hmm. felt you know this is an issue this is a problem but she matters more to me than the problem bothers me or the po- the problem bothers me greatly but that's not enough for me to let her go what have you tolerated?
10: Uh, I, I I tolerated uh, an unnecessary amount of complacency, not just with them, but myself. Mm. Um, I've allowed things to go on just to say I had somebody at the very cost of losing myself and my respect.
4: Mm. And big. I've
10: seen people do it on the other end too. So that way, you start walking around not just on the eggshells, but it gets to the point where you don't even trust yourself. Man. So that, that's why the communication is important. It's like you got to have those um, uneasy conversations. That, that way you teach each other to be brave, not just with each other, but yourselves to have boundaries, standards. And you can make each other stand up and, and mean what you say, not just with each other, but with those that brought you to each other.
1: Now, listen to this, Theo Washington said, "I mean, is there a timetable for waiting on a person to work on their ego? First off, you shouldn't put them on a timer, really? <laughs> I'm sorry. you have your own internal clock that don't work with somebody else's internal clock yeah i'm to me, that's part of what's going to cause strife in the relationship is you setting your internal clock." Looking at it and saying, okay, all right, you've had enough time. Okay, it's time for you to start work. That's not how it works. Yeah. You know, yes, somebody, True Monger said, timers are a red flag. Let me just say this Ronan, guess what you just did, brother? brought in to the building <laughs> nap town in the building another great call from our guy ronan listen you know the time get on the line 1-800-920-1580 my brother is here i'm surprised he's here he's been battling with a little illness true monger get in here he from texas y'all know what it is yes sir talk to oh, me true man. what are your thoughts brother
11: Um, I think, especially nowadays, I think people put value in the wrong thing. They value, they put more value in what someone might do instead of who they are. Flaws and all, because we're all flawed. And once we stop looking at our humanity, that's going to cause a lot of problems in itself. Mm. Yeah it's going to be stuff that you do that your partner don't like and vice versa. Most of it ain't worth breaking up for. Um, You learn each other. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to, if they do some stuff that they, you don't participate in, that's them. Everybody's not going to be into all the same things.
12: Mm.
11: Now, if it comes to the point where where whatever they're into is bringing harm to the household, then you have to deal with that issue. Right. But, you know, I got my ways. I mean, we all experience things differently. Right. I think a lot of it is when we, if we even get to the point where we talk about those things, it's just a lack of understanding. Hmm. Because the way I handle cert- a certain situation may not necessarily be the way you would handle it. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I handled it the best way I could. Mm-hmm. And after, and this one reflection is a good thing, because you go back and look at it and say, well, did I handle that correctly? If I didn't, I can know better going forward mm-hmm. with certain situations. But I just think people put value in the wrong aspects of life, and especially in relationships. They're too busy wanting to uh, not enjoying the moments that they have but are ready to post highlights on social media trying to impress a bunch of strangers.
4: Hmm.
11: People who just want to be nosy for the, for the sake of being nosy.
3: Mm-hmm.
11: Most of the stuff y'all into is really nobody else's business but y'all. Mm. But that's the the mindset of people nowadays is all twisted up.
0: Mm-hmm.
11: And the thing is people take more pride in broadcasting that than working on themselves. If they put the work in themselves, a lot of this stuff will get resolved. Yeah, there's always going to be times where your partner going to get on your nerves. So what? If they're not, if it's not bringing you, putting you in any danger, just let that let that person be. Mm. And you hope your partner gives you that same respect, to where you both. know, yeah. Nobody, nobody's perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. I don't care anybody, how anybody tries to use it. There's no such thing, especially when it comes to people.
1: <laughs> correct, correct. Well, brother, you know, I know you're a little under the weather. Guess mm-hmm. what you just did.
11: Mm-hmm. I brought Dallas in
1: the building. Dallas, Texas is in the building. When I come forward, you know I'm going to drill down a little deeper on this conversation because we're just getting started. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the heart of Leimert Park, KBLA Talk 1580. The VOR is on fire tonight. Man, this is a wonderful topic. People are sharing, calling in from all over the country. This is a national discussion. And uh, I, I love, you know, uh, hearing everybody's perspective on topics that, you know, I curate. And it's a, it's a heavy-duty Topic here because do we know how to live with a human being? Does anybody? You know, tolerance is important in a relationship. There are limits to what anybody can tolerate. Determining these limits requires self reflection, introspection, and an understanding of one's own values, needs, and boundaries. It is essential to recognize when tolerating certain aspects becomes detrimental to one's well-being or compromises one's personal values or integrity. Communication is key when addressing challenging aspects of your partner. Expressing feelings and concerns in a non-confrontational manner can open up a dialogue for resolution and compromise. Active listening, empathy, and a willingness to understand the other person's perspective are exceedingly crucial in finding finding common ground and working towards that solution. Sometimes the solution is no solution. Hey, we're just going to disagree on this aspect, but you matter to me to the to the extent that I want to work on all the other areas so that this one area doesn't contaminate. And, you know, the other healthy areas, Uh, self-reflection and personal growth play a significant role in the ability to tolerate challenging aspects of a significant other. By engaging in self-reflection, individuals can gain insight into their own trigger and biases and areas that need their attention in terms of personal growth. This self-awareness allows for a greater empathy and understanding, which could foster a more tolerant and compassionate approach to relationship challenges. Man, who, who we got on the line? Do we have somebody in here? You said, oh, Callie Soul, one of our favorites. Callie Soul from Denver. Get in here. I need to hear your perspective on this.
7: Peace, though. Happy, happy Um, solar return, New Year, all that stuff.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Same to you. Good to hear from you. you. Talk to me.
7: Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think awareness is a big word that we should
5: Mm.
7: look into when it comes to relationships,
10: Mm.
7: because oftentimes our discomfort, our dis-ease, our trials and our tribulations come from triggers, and a trigger is my own. It's not necessarily something that the other person is intentionally trying to set off. But whoever we manifest in front of us, whoever we choose to move forward with, that's just a part of the growth process of relationship is rubbing up against each other and sharpening one another. And if we can remember that in our awareness, like, oh, whatever I'm feeling (laughs) about whatever is happening, the choice is mine, how I'm going to label that. How I'm gonna see it, and how I'm gonna move forward. How I'm gonna to choose to communicate with the other person, even if they do communicate in a toxic way. Like there's still an awareness that you can tap into within yourself. Like, okay, what's the best way for me to approach this situation so that there's growth? Mm. So there's not attack. Because if it's attack, you're not gonna get nowhere but mm. deeper into the hole. Mm-hmm. But if you can take your time and really be mindful, um, Deepak Chopra talks about, like, I think he has an affirmation that says, I make the decision that brings peace to everyone involved. Mm,
1: that's heavy. When we listen to... What? Mm-hmm. I make the decision to bring peace yes to everyone involved i don't think people come from that angle i think people come from a selfish space. as long as they have some peace they're not really worried about anybody else they're not worried about how their decisions may affect someone else you know uh, that's a heavy statement go deeper into that please
7: yeah so <laughs> you know what the clown shoe feel like when it's trying to pop them up under your foot. (laughs) You know that that's the ego. And oftentimes, we just want to feed the ego. Well, if I tell you what's on my mind, Mm -hmm. if I give you a piece of my mind, then I'm going to share this pain with you. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to choosing what will bring peace to everyone involved, we think that, you know, <laughs> telling somebody off or bring us peace. When you think about it, it really mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. It don't. Mm-hmm. That's how dis- e- disease manifests in the body from dis-ease. You know you chose wrong. You know you chose fear. So it's mm-hmm. going to fester. You just planted a seed in yourself.
10: Mm-hmm.
7: And you think that that seed is going to hurt the other person. And that's why they say forgiveness is for me. It's for myself. It's not for the other person. Mm -hmm. We think that we can bestow some forgiveness on somebody else, and that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Like, forgiveness is for us so that we can sleep at night, so that we can breathe (laughs) in life. So that we don't hold, you know, like they say that a lot of our emotions sit right in our hips, especially for women. We hold it in our hips. So that's like one of the first things that you work through in yoga is your breathing so that you can tell all of the muscles in your body to let go, to push out, to let go of the toxins. When I breathe in, I'm bringing, breathing in peace. Mm-hmm. When I breathe out, I'm letting go of what no longer serves me. Mm-hmm. So, like, oftentimes, too, in those moments, if instead of just diving in, and cutting somebody from wait, the Buddha to wait, the Tudor. You
1: just said something so heavy. Would our resistance <laughs> be something that should be let go in terms of things that no longer serve us?
7: Absolutely. But that resistance comes from fear. Fear is the ego. Mm. Flow. Freedom. Love. That's the Holy Spirit. That's your higher self, your divine self. Mm. But we often, because the divine self is not intrusive, it's just peacefully there waiting for our yes. Mm. We often slap some duct tape on the divine self, turn it around backwards, and leave it in the corner. Mm. Because right now what I wanna do is act a fool. <laughs> Let the clown shoe come out.
1: Right, right, right.
7: I wanna make some I wanna make you feel my pain. Mm-hmm. I want you to experience what I experienced when I perceived what you said or what you gave out as something that was not constructive mm-hmm. to my soul's evolution. Mm-hmm. So we gotta learn the the we we setting and shutting up the wrong self. Hmm. Who we need
1: to shut up and sit down is the ego. Wow, Callie soul. Callie, guess what you just did? About Denver in the house. Y'all have a good night. Denver, Colorado is in the building. If you want to bring your city, y'all know, no, no. what to do, do, do. The number to dial is 1-800-920-1580. When we come forward, we going to talk to Jay. But she talked about resistance. Listen to Lao Tzu. Life is a series of natural And spontaneous changes. Don't resist them. That only creates sorrow. Let reality be reality. Let things flow naturally forward. In whatever way they like. Right? That's heavy, right? Sometimes it's very difficult for us to do that. It's difficult for me to do that. It's difficult for me to embrace that. But what I do understand. As J.K. Rowling says. Understanding is the first step to acceptance. And only with acceptance can there be recovery. That's recovery in your spirit. That's recovery in your relationships. That's recovery in your business. Understanding is the first step of acceptance. When I come forward, the voice of reason, phone callers, we gonna talk to all of y'all. Let's get it cracking. Ladies and gentlemen, Friends and family Brothers and sisters, the VOR back in the building. Live from Le Park, KBLA Talk 1580. The VOR. I think we have a caller from La Lizy. J. Speed from La Lizy. J Speed. I need to know your thoughts, hey. man, on tonight's topic. What are your thoughts?
13: Well, I, I was, you know, uh, thank you for, uh, answering my call and make me, uh, I'm able to become on your platform. I've been listening to you about three weeks now. And, uh, um, tonight topic, um, the young lady you had on just before me, uh, she has uh, some beautiful things to say, but my thoughts on this is I'm thinking it's kind of hard. I've been working with this, uh, this new push and this new reset of black men's and when it comes down to deal with relationships. And I'm telling you maybe a lot of that stuff they would try but they only gonna try that after they go through their reset. I don't know if you've been keeping your ears open into these YouTube street and just in the street itself, black men are taking a new approach on relationship as you can see marriages down, um, you can see, uh, people getting together is down. I mean, it's, it's, it's fade out. It's kind of fade out that And I'm not saying people ain't still not getting together, but this new generation of men, especially in our community,
1: they are thinking of a totally different thing. And what I've are they thinking? What's history. the reset? Uh, yeah, please hit me to it. You you're talking about it. You've alluded to it, but what exactly is the reset? Okay. And what are the they doing is, or not doing?
13: Well, the new generation of men feel like uh, there's not equality when it comes to marriage, and that's why this new generation is not getting married because they feel like if she dis- if eighty percent of all the women are walking, uh, are the ones who or starting the divorces in court, then they lose half of their assets by the time they are into a relationship as a marriage. So they're saying to themselves is what is the benefit of getting married if you can lose half of your assets just because she wants to walk away, you know, and so that's one, uh they're really going hard on the child child custody, the family court laws. They're really talking about that a lot. They have a whole agenda and it has to do with our relationship. Women want traditional men, but they don't want to be traditional women. And so we don't live in that with women being over 65% of the workforce now. So it's a reset for them because they're looking at it like, hey, uh, I can lose half of my my wealth just by getting married, you know, and only thing she has to do is be there and just leave. And so believe it or not, uh, this movement, it started way back in 2015 and it's, it's, I'm telling you, my brother it's picking up speed. I'm 65 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm in these chat rooms. I'm in these rooms and I'm trying to govern some of this stuff. And when I first came in, they wasn't here nothing I would say. Now I have built a little respect with them so they can listen. But, uh, Men are, this is what the young men are doing now. They're getting themselves together. They're not even thinking about marriage until they get something like 30 in their mid 30s. And that's when they don't un- un- build their wealth, they don't un- got themselves together, and they are, on, they are initiated into a relationship
1: with women who understand what their, re, their new reset is. So, what would be the woman's new reset for these new men?
5: Well,
13: they feel
1: like uh, black men in general
13: has been put under a microscope by everybody, Japanese, Chinese, white, black, everybody. They believe a black woman has never been put under a the microscope. There's a lot of things she has to change to get these, uh, this is what they call themselves, high-value men. And so they're going to have to change some things that they do. The, uh, the things that they are seeking, like, um, you know, they did a survey, I think it was about five years ago, uh, 75% of all dating now is what they call dinner dates. If women women would go out on dates with not even thinking about even starting a relationship with a guy. She just uses it as a dinner date. And so they are very heavy into the statistics and stuff. And you know how statistics are. They can swear in one way or the other. But I'm telling you, the, uh, women will have to change a lot of things. Um, uh, uh, the way they approach guys, you know what I mean? And especially in our community, we got specific things that we deal with in our community. And they are talking about things that you probably heard when you was younger. I probably heard when I was younger, you know, uh, black women are very aggressive in their attitudes and, you know, all that stuff embolgolated and they're putting it under the microscope today, uh, today and they're trying to figure out how they will go forward. They're not going with the traditional way. The men pose approach a uh, woman. They're just not doing that anymore. They call that, they call that simping. Have you ever heard that word? I, you, I, you know, I, I have heard
1: that word before. And I want to say this to you, brother, man, you should call in more often. I appreciate your call, man. And guess what you just did.
13: I hope I just blowed up the radio station. Yes, you brought Los <laughs> Angeles
1: in the building. Hey, man, you're welcome to call in anytime. Who's on the line? I want to talk to them. Who do we have? Juliet
12: from Watts. Get in here. What's up? Hey, and and, and, and I want to give thanks and give give the highest, utmost power, all the glory for all of that you do. You you, you like the worm. You bring wisdom, opportunity. What that man say? He come on early in the morning on Saturdays. I just want to give uh, honor to all my brothers, all my sisters that's doing what we need to do. You can't reach everybody, so we're just gonna teach those that we can reach, and right. the rest will follow. Right. I want to know, uh, and and I want to just put this out there. We need to start. I need to start with my family, and that's why I have started first. Mm-hmm. and started passing on that good stuff that my mom and them did mm-hmm. you know how my mom and them did the mom and them who was the police when we, when we didn't need to call them
0: <laughs>
12: what what they
1: do
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> go ahead them Juliet, tell us
12: them pearls of wisdom don't change my mother used to tell us look sometimes you just got to listen Mm. Words are powerful. They are powerful. That's just like the difference in saying the love of money is the root of all evil she used to say. No, 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 no. For the love of money. Put them words in there right. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I got love for all of my I got I, I can't I don't like a lot of people though, but I got undying love for my black folks. I ain't putting nobody else down. I'm like Donnie Hathaway. I ain't put nobody else down, but we all been young gifted and black. And you with that power me? to the people, I love y'all. <laughs>
1: Yes, yes, yes. Julia.
12: Yes, you can. Listen to it. Listen to it. <laughs> what? Keep passing the information and extending the knowledge. we don't come because I got some that's in college. I got some that's from the streets to the seats that's in penitentiaries and stuff. I got we got it's so many of us. It's it's are they all over. They got all over different time zones. And I love it. And so some of us need to reach back and find our own uh, Dr. Henry Lewis or whatever his name is. We need to find our roots out here first and start with that.
1: Righteous. Righteous. Sister, I appreciate
12: y'all, you. Y'all doing, y'all doing the dang thing.
1: There we are. Yes, I appreciate hey, you, I sister.
12: You, yes, she brought
1: Watts up in the building. When I come forward, Zoe's going to start wrapping this thing up for you. Michael is too good for this topic. Turn turn him off. He too good for this topic. Ain't nobody looking in the mirror. Relationships are a journey for growth and self-discovery. Now, and it's inevitable that we will encounter aspects of our partner that we may dislike or find challenging. Hell. We find aspects of ourselves that we dislike and find challenging. We give ourselves a pass, but we hold our partners to task. I know you don't want to hear it that way, but that's usually what it is. We give ourselves and our family members, who are probably guilty of the same things our partners do, we give them a pass, but we hold our significant others to task in general. However. It is important to recognize that no relationship is perfect and there will always be differences that need to be tolerated. The key is to identify which aspects are truly irreconcilable and the ones that can be worked on or accepted. And as my friend Jill Monroe just said, she 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 highlighted some of the things that she would find to be, you know, potentially irreconcilable. But then she hit me with the caveat as she was walking away, which was it depends on what else they bring to the table. In other words, their their value. Man, we live in a society, man, that devalues humans, right? And uplifts humans. What humans have accumulated. Can you imagine? <laughs> we, will, we will put on a pedestal what you do for a living. How much money you made. Right? Where you live. What kind of car you drive. Your home. But we will devalue your spirit. Can you imagine a one person walking away from another work in progress? Only to go to to uh, another work in progress like you're not valuable enough for me to stay with you. That's what I'm trying to show you here. I know this is heavy stuff. You know, (laughs) guidance on reassessing tolerance and making changes in relationships. Somebody said, that's it right there. I know. It may be necessary to reassess your tolerance levels and make changes in the relationship when the challenging aspects consistently overshadow the positive aspects, causing significant distress or compromising well-being. Well, let me say this. That sounds straightforward and correct, but it's partly true. It's a half-truth. Let me read it again. So let's see if you hear it. It may be necessary to reassess your tolerance level and make changes in the relationship when the challenging aspects of your significant other consistently overshadows the positive aspects, causing significant distress or compromising well-being. What if you're ruminating on the negative on something that happened in the past and you can't get past it? You'll say you're past it, but you're really not past it because every time you have an opportunity to bring it up and wash your person's face in it, you do it. Subtly, indirectly, and directly. Are you really over it? I'm tired of people saying, oh, I forgave you. When in fact, you didn't. To me, the best definition of forgiveness I've ever heard came from Ianla Van Zant. What did she say? She says, Forgiveness is when you can talk about a situation and there is no residue of resentment or the negative energy that used to be associated with that event. Like people don't know how to stay together, but they know how to leave each other. People don't know how to work it out, but they know how to start something new. Right. No matter what relationship you're going to be in, you're going to be faced with challenges. That comes from that person's internal curriculum. I know people don't want to hear. But that's what it is. So you know what people are not good at anymore? Maintaining compassion and understanding towards each other. If somebody is still with you. After hurting you. If somebody has put in. The effort. To make amends. And 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 deliver recompense for what they've done to you. Is that not example enough? That they love you, that they want you, that they care about you so many for for so many people. All you got to do is do it one time, hurt them one time, and that's the end of it. This goes back to the the, that initial clip from uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson when he talked about maturity. Or oppression. If you're truly being oppressed by your partner. Get the hell out. And get gone quick. If you're truly being oppressed. Can I tell you something? Can I hip you to something? Being hurt by your partner is not the same as being oppressed by them. Oppression From a partner is something that is consistently being done over and over and over and over again. So many people are afraid of pain. That if it happens one time, we gone. Here's oppression constantly lying to you. Here's oppression constantly cheating on you. Here's oppression. Oppression constantly demoralizing you, here's oppression, constantly demeaning you, here's oppression, constantly belittling you, here's oppression, constantly disrespecting you. That's oppression. That's abuse in relationships. But we live in a society that says my ego can't be cheated on. So if you cheat on me, you've cheated on my ego and thus. It's irreconcilable now. That's the that's the culture we live in. Am I? Did I say something wrong, Andy? I don't. Did I say something wrong? Andy? When I see Andy reaching. Uh, (laughs) reaching for the headphones or something. I know I, I I may have said something. There is vast importance in accepting, right? Acceptance is a powerful tool in relationship. It involves acknowledging that you cannot change or control your partner's behavior, but you can control and change your own reaction and choices. Letting go of the need for control Allows for greater peace and harmony in the relationship. Embrace the idea that differences can coexist and contribute to a, a, a meaningful and complex relationship. Listen. I started the conversation and I, I don't profess to be correct, but I started it. It's up to you to finish it and the fire shall continue to burn because up next. None other than my friend, your friend, our friend, our sister, your sister, my sister, Jill Monroe, RSVP with Jill Monroe. And I'll see y'all tomorrow with another slapper. Deuces.